Leipzig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Rona Rojhart of Sign. Rona just got signed to Emergency Heart Records, and they put out a compilation of all her earlier works. And Mantis, her new project, which is coming out in three EPs, is uh, going to be out on all streaming platforms soon, if it's not already. Sign's new album is Mantis. This was a fun conversation with Rona. We're going to jump into listening to some of Sign's music. So this is a Need to Bleed. Sign off the album Desire, Denial, and Paramania. The new album is Mantis. Be on the lookout. It's on all the streaming platforms. Like I said, if it's not out now, it will be soon. If you guys can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms. It helps me keep talking to cool artists and sharing those insights with you. So without further ado, we're going to get into my conversation with Rona. Well, to get into it, um, what was music like in your family? Uh, well, let's see. Um, my father was a musician and, uh, he played guitar. Uh, his family actually were very musical. Uh, all of his brothers played, at least the ones, yes, I think all of his brothers played instruments that ranged from bass to drums to guitars. Um, and then his mother also was an entertainer. She, um, I believe she did some, uh, dancing in in her years so um that side of the family has always been pretty musical so 
um, so as a child, naturally, I, I was exposed to all that. My dad was fan, a fan of music and had vinyl, you know, so uh, music was always been around in my life. That's awesome. What kind of like what was the what was the general vibe? Was it like rock? Was it folk? Yes, it was mostly rock. My my dad was very much a, a a city guy, so he loved the Beatles. They were probably his number one band. And then, uh, but he also liked things like Black Sabbath. Um, he liked the band Chicago a lot. Um, you know, it, it just kind of varied, but for the most part, it was pretty rooted in rock and roll. Okay, and like was a. Because you, you bounced around a lot growing up, right? Yeah. Yeah, we certainly did. Um, being that my dad was in the Air Force, we moved around a lot. So, yeah. What, was there a particular area you spent more time than than not? Well, I would say Texas. Yeah. yeah? Um, okay. Houston, uh, Houston, Texas uh, is – I spent about uh, 18 years there, and then – um, I've been in Austin since 2009, so I feel like Texas is a big presence in my life. Yeah, and Austin's the place to, do you, oh, this is a rant, do you know Full Service, the band Full Service from uh, Austin? I don't. Oh, okay, these guys are rad. They do some crazy, like, pop-up shows, and they, they got, like, a, one of their whole things was they were, um, they would follow, I forget what band, uh, 311, they would follow them around and, like, play in the parking lot. And, and like, oh, and, that's and it, so great. And it got to the point where they got the open for, for 311. <laughs> like, oh, wow. But, that's um, really cool. I'll have to look them up. Yeah, they're pretty dope. But uh, it's completely different styling um, than than your stuff. But uh, so, like, when you started to, like, when when did music become your expression? Because, like... You, uh, you, you've dabbled in a, you got, you do a lot, like looking at your, (laughs) your resume, there's not too much that, I mean, you're one, one person, uh, um, workforce, but, um, (laughs) like, and you kind of have to be now, you know, everyone's like their own PR and manager and booking agent and filmographer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Everything. (laughs) But, um, was was music the first like kind of emotive thing for yourself or was it art or was there a a writing uh you know when I was a kid I um I liked coloring like I liked coloring books and things so I think I originally kind of started as an artist drawing cartoons and things like that as as a child um music didn't come along until you know, later on in those days when you get old enough to actually pay attention to music, (laughs) you know? Um, so I, I kind of gravitated towards like the music that my dad would listen to. And, um, eventually he started teaching us, uh, me and my, I have two sisters, um, started to teach us how to play, uh, keyboards because he played keyboards and guitar. I mean, he pretty much could play everything, but his main thing was guitar but we had in our house, we had a Yamaha organ, like one of those double decker looking yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of things, you know, back in the day. Um, and he would play rock and roll songs on there, on that organ, you know, with chords and melody and all that. And so that's kind of where it all came about in my life was he loved doing it and he taught us how to do it. And and my two sisters didn't really gravitate towards that, but I certainly did. <laughs> and I really loved it. So um, that was kind of my my first intro into music. And as far as like doing music as a career or pursuing that type of path, I didn't get that notion until I, I went to my first concert and saw Depeche Mode. okay all right so so, that's where it starts yes and so what i mean and it's really actually um kind of funny because i think uh there have been several artists i think uh uh chino moreno from deftones i believe he said when he went to a depeche mode show that he got that idea as well like wow i want to do this and i even think that trent reznor too um when i think he said he went to see the black celebration tour back in the 80s or something and it really set him 
you know, yeah. on fire, like, Hey, you know, and then of course, you know, but someone like him goes off and writes pretty hate machine and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, he's a special case. <laughs> it um, in a different way, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but really that was it for me. You know, I think just seeing the, the, the excitement and, um, just everything that, that a live show was and what Depeche Mode was on stage. It just, I just, I want to do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and the rest is history, I guess. That's, it's, it's cool because like one thing with when, when you follow your passion, whatever it is, and you kind of embrace yourself in it. And that's, yeah. that's the, the payoff is that is someone being like, I want to do that, but maybe not yeah. that, you know, it's like this inspiration <laughs> circle. And like, cause sometimes like I feel sometimes, uh, uh, a music career or self-expressive career can be kind of like, and uh, this is, I'm not putting this on you or anyone in particular, but could be seen as like um, self-involved and self-indulgent in a way. Cause it's, but mm -hmm. the takeaway isn't that it's that it's like, you can do this too. And by, yeah. by seeing someone do and like, and then it, when it seems reachable in a way, when you're like, you know, well, I, I can play that key lick. Yeah, you know, you know right. I can handle that beat. That part of it was simple. Maybe I can just ride with that. You know what I mean? Like finding little yeah. bits to kind of grab and like and learn how to manipulate on your own. Like so after yeah. after that, like because uh, you st OK, so you learned bits of guitar and piano, but you gravitated yeah. towards drums. So was that kind mm -hmm. of from this concert experience? Like, that's the thing that I want to do. Or was it like, uh, uh, because it, with piano, it's interesting. Like, as someone teaches kids, like, playing playing piano makes sense. There's no hidden agenda. You push down <laughs> with a finger. Mm -hmm. And, like, with yes. drums, it's the same thing. Circle the stick. There's no, like, yeah. okay, oh, all right, with guitar, no, move your wrist. Okay, move the move the finger. You got to push down all in the middle. You know, there's, like, already oh, yeah. nine steps. So it gets to be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. The guitar was okay. Um, but I, I don't think my fingers, my hands were really, meant, I don't know, just didn't, I didn't gravitate towards that. I really went more towards drums and actually funny enough, it was a, a concert that, um, made me want to learn drums. And I, um, I went to, uh, uh to see Chicago yeah. A band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause my, my sisters had gone cause my dad had been such a big fan, you know, yeah. and we knew all the songs Saturday in the park and all that other stuff. And my sisters went to Chicago here and uh, were saying, Oh, they're really awesome and fun and all that stuff. And so um, the next time they came around, I was like, all right, well, I want to go see him too. You know? So we went and saw him and the drummer at the time, his name is Tristan Bowden. Um, really awesome a great guy and a, a very good friend of mine um played with kenny Loggins, played with steve vi shaka khan i mean he's played or he's played with everyone cool. um yeah so naturally when i i i like the excitement of live shows and so his playing was very exciting to me i was just like whoa that's really fun you know like i want to try that and so that's really where it started again it was just like seeing someone doing the thing and then feeling the excitement you know that yeah. inner excitement where it's like yeah you know i don't know how to do that but i want to learn <laughs> so it was one of those kinds of feelings for me that's awesome so what was it what was the step after that like okay rudiments or just how do i how do i oh yeah do I find do that a teacher <laughs> that's so <laughs> basically important, it was yeah find find an instructor so i i didn't have a drum kit um, but I was very interested in learning and, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to quite just buy a drum kit and go for it. So I, uh, found an instructor and started kind of just right from the bottom, you know, just took some classes and started to learn the basics. And then, uh, when I finally did get a kit, uh, start playing on it and experimenting. And from there, I, um, I just picked some of my favorite songs. Um, and at the time I really loved the Foo Fighters. Like I'm a, I'm yeah. a big Dave Grohl fan. You know, I, I know he's everywhere and I'm sure some people could be like, Hey, Dave Grohl, stay home at least once. Okay. I know. <laughs> see, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, but I always loved, uh, Dave Grohl's playing, but anyway, 
Um, sorry, I'm kind of getting off my, no, my track here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started picking out um, some really, you know, fun Foo Fighter songs like All My Life was one of the first songs I learned. Yes. Yeah. That song's really fun. So that was probably one of the first songs that I learned how to play. Um, but I, I, what I did was I, I kind of did it in a combo where um, I brought some songs to my teacher to, to transcribe for me. And then there were some that I just stayed home and learned by ear. And, you know, it wouldn't be perfect, but it would be close, right. <laughs> you know, just from listening. But, um, yeah, I would say as far as when I started drumming, I cut my teeth on a lot of Foo Fighters songs, <laughs> um, some Queens of the Stone Age songs, which I truly love them, too. They're they're always a fave. Um, and I even really loved playing drums to um, to uh, Buck Cherry's album, Black Butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because, you know, I I just I don't you know, I obviously live in kind of the darker alternative scene that's really where my heart is but i mean great players are great players right. i don't care what kind of music they're playing you know so to me i i like everything um i, I think that's but, so important because a lot of times yeah that that's what keeps like growth possible is like being able to be as moved from a chicago phil and like a, a depeche mode phil or you know what i mean like being able yeah. to like see and appreciate that and one <laughs> thing i find in coming from the 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 instrument of drums and the just the kind of basic the element of rhythm is everywhere and it, no matter what what genre of music it is there's something that's innovative or something no matter what that's what moves you is the rhythm it's not like uh is even if it's a, a taylor swift song there's like a a rhythmic pulse that drives it just like the same and it, yes. coming from that um kind of background of learning drums you're learning kind of like the 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 ultimate like understanding of music which is how because yes. it's measured time right it's how that time's measured and what's unique about mm -hmm. this time being measured compared to that time being measured mm -hmm. yes <laughs> that's an, yes that's and awesome. and you know um i i think also for me i i really liked dance um, that was something that uh, my parents brought us to when we were kids, you know, took some dance classes. And so I think for me to transition from a keyboard player to a drummer seems uh, natural because I, I like dancing and drumming is almost like dancing because you're kind of you're using all four of your limbs, you know, and you're moving. Yeah. And I found that to be very appealing. And I, I mean, I love playing drums. It's a lot of fun. Um so for me, it was that. And also, I'm a big fan of beats and music. So it's kind of like what you said. It kind of like drives this excitement or, um, you know, feeling of being alive in you. You know, I, I feel yeah. that that it's like that with people. And and probably it's it's a bit of, um, you know, like our own primal, you know, our heartbeat. The beat is there from the time, you know. Yeah we turn into a human, you know, from yeah. these cells, you know, and like there the heart gets formed and then the beat goes. And that's what you are. Con I mean, I don't mean to get too deep, but no, it's true. A, you know, it's like, yeah. it's where you come from. You arrive with a beat. That's true. <laughs> you and, know? And, yeah. And it's a unique, and the first thing is interesting. The first thing that is developed from what I understand is the ear. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, that's so, interesting. Right. So you're hearing, you're, you're, you're here. Not, I mean, it's, until everything's formed, you know what I mean? But like the, that constant pulse of your mother. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even the, to branch out in a more spacious way, like just the, our day-to-day -day lives, everything is put in a rhythm in a way. If we like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm sure with some like rhythmic endeavors, like you've seen like that rhythmic clock kind of mm -hmm. like, uh, maybe like with like flamenco music that, I saw someone explain it in a circle and it made more like the palmist rhythm, mm -hmm. that weird 12 beat rhythm mm -hmm. make more sense to me, but I still can't pull it off. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that like, not only like 
is uh, the music we listen to put in a, a, a certain parameter of a rhythm, but also, you know, in our hearts and our, how our bodies work, but also our day-to-day lives. Like the sun, the yep. earth is going around, <laughs> the sun. Oh, yeah. And right, so, and we're spinning, so we got the, the rhythmic idea of like seasons and like the rhythmic idea of just the time of a day. And it's weird how a lot of it's four, right? Yeah. Like we got yes. four seasons and like, 12 hours and you can divide it to four and four (laughs) four is kind of like at least in our culture the kind of like main counting you know yes Um, but it's it's really fascinating really fascinating it Uh, truly is and and you know that that's one of the reasons why i really love it when uh children get into music and um because i i think it was a highly important thing for me and it's it's everything to me you know, yeah, and I believe that it's a unique expression. You know, I mean, my even my mom, she calls me the weird kid <laughs> <laughs> because I'm the one that went all musical and stuff. You know, the other two, they were, you know, they had great grades in school and all that, and I was like, hey, I just want to rock and roll. You know, but anyway, <laughs> um, but what did, I. Uh, what did they end up uh-huh. doing? Sorry, what did they end up? Oh, doing? oh no, they. I mean, you know, they are. Um. I don't know. They're, they're, I guess they're living the more uh, traditional life. You know, uh, one of my sisters has kids, you know, they're just going about their own thing. Uh, you know, the usual kind of life, I suppose. I don't know. That sounds weird. I guess yeah. nothing's usual these right, days. Right. <laughs> For sure. But, For sure. But, but certainly not the, the life of a creative or a musician. Cause I, I really think our lives are kind of unique in a way because we just don't, <clears throat> We just don't think of uh, living the lives like everyone else. I think we all kind of tailor our lives to however we need. Right. <laughs> I guess. I was uh, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine. So in Cleveland, I do a, like I kind of explained at the top. I do a, a bunch of different things, and one of the things I do is I work at this art gallery called Negative Space. And um, cool. we were, uh, it's a really cool, I'll, I'll send you a link to the guy's art. Um, his name's Gadi Zamir and he does this wood burnt art. It's really beautiful. Um, oh, to see. But we were, uh, we were talking the other day as we were waiting for a meeting to plan some show. And um, like when the pandemic happened, he was like, oh man, I, I was so used to it. Like, cause he lives his life of like. He lives out of this gallery for the most part, right? <laughs> yes. And I don't want to go mm-hmm. into an oppression that won't make sense to you if you don't know. <laughs> but like, oh, no. um, he, uh, he, you know, he every day he gets in there and he creates. And like the idea of like when the shutdown happened, like someone who was so like kind of attached to a thing that they weren't necessarily like in awe with or didn't necessarily care about, but kind of was mm-hmm. a driving forth, force of like, I got to do this to eat, you know, and like, yes, we all got to do something like that. But like um, with how Gotti has like shaped his life, he got he gets to do like this thing he loves every day as part of it. And there's always this panic of what do you do next to keep it going? Right. (laughs) That's right. And like uh, so the pandemic, the shutdown being a wide, you know, big opening for a lot of people of like losing that Mm -hmm. thing that was holding them back. And like, well, do I find myself? What do I do? Like, like. Yeah. For um for you guys, I mean, so all that being shifted into a question, like, <laughs> was that the kind of shutdown kind of like, oh, I can finish this project now, or or was it like, or fuck, what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, well, I I'm the kind of person that, um, you know, when there's an obstacle there, I just try to think of how to get around it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly. Uh, you know, I mean, you can certainly sit and get upset and be depressed. And I had all, I mean, I had all the same feelings everyone else did. Like, oh man, this is the worst. What's happening? You know, why is this happening to us now? Blah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, I personally really think that the music industry and bands got hit very hard because venue shutdowns and things. Um, so I feel like us in the music, uh, in like touring bands and things, we all had a unique experience with that. And and there were some people who just didn't know what to do with themselves. They're like, I'm not going out on the road, so I don't know what to do. Um, but for me, I was like, okay, so if I can't play live, like what else can I do to continue my creativity and growth? And so what I did was I joined the 
producer program at Austin Public Television. And um, yeah, and I created a a weekly hour-long television series called Villains Were Black. And I ran it for two seasons, (laughs) I'm happy to say. I mean, every week we did an hour-long show. And what I did was I um, did a combo of live stream shows with my myself with you know sign and uh curse Mackey. i think we did one for with night um just some live performances mixed in with music videos so the idea was that since we were all home <laughs> doing nothing but just sitting around or trying to figure out what to do we could still watch tv because all the content was about what was online what was on tv who's streaming and so what I did was I just took what was, I guess, everyone's outlet and created an outlet for me and some friends of mine to show their art, uh, show their work, yeah. you know, and not just music videos. I mean, we did, I did um, some uh, animations. Uh, well, we did some art. Uh, like I had uh, one artist on there who is one of my faves. His name is Juha. Arvid Helmanen and we did a whole segment just on his art and his photography and he was nice enough to give us uh, some video of him chatting about his work and then I just displayed the artwork on the screen so it was kind of like um, you know something that could be watched and that people felt like their art was still getting out there you know right and so what's cool about that is it being on a TV, it's a, you're not, you're not, you're not on the Facebook, like we're streaming, tune in where everyone yes. else is. So you had your own, your own landscape, which is cool. Oh yes. This and, was on actual television. Yeah. That's <laughs> in a whole other, <laughs> that's so sick. It's yeah, like, a and whole, it's a, oh, sorry. Go I was going to say a whole, like another, uh, uh, um, as far as production, how you do it, it you know, there's oh, a completely. standard to it where, where like you can't. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Cause we, be I mean, yeah. Um, my, my partner, uh, curse Mackey helped me a lot with the show as well. So that was, that was what really like just having him as a, a team member. Cause it was really just me and him putting things together. And we did a couple of online, uh, um, some, streamed interviews with people like we did one with um ronnie mooring from clan of zymox and and that was fun so it was kind of like a a dark variety show i guess Uh if you want to call it like that but um that's really how i changed myself during the lockdowns and things was you know i just got really tired of being sad and like uh, what do i do that i just I just had to pick up and do something. And that's, that's the kind of person I am. Um, you know, I mean, we, I think we all spend way too much of our lives feeling sad, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, just in general. And, and so I'm trying my best to eliminate as many sad <laughs> moments in my life with other things that are good and that, that might help others too. Right. That's beautiful. Well, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like the concert thing, you know, like if someone sees you who maybe, cause like misery loves company, right. And like, it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to kind of dwell on something with somebody and they know they can kind of like put that negative, not negative, but like release that negativity with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to complain about stuff than, uh, yeah. than not. <laughs> and especially with yeah. somebody. So if that person sees you taking actions to move, you're uh, shifting to a positive light and like yeah either they look for someone else or they start to do the same thing and my rose tinted yeah. view is that we all kind of pull each other up but uh yes and we must yeah I, I i'm a big believer in that too and that was one of the reasons why i started the show you know because i saw a lot of my friends and um a lot of my friends have bands obviously we're we're all kind of this little family, but, um, I saw them online being sad and having to announce cancellations of shows and things. And I, I just hated it for everyone, you know? And, and so I would look at them and go, well, they got a brand new music video out that, you know, just gets posted on Facebook and, and YouTube or whatever, but I can put it on TV, you know? So it was kind of like, 
yeah. yeah. So I was like, if 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 you guys are all willing to participate and give me permission, like I'd gladly show all this because um, a lot of these bands spend time and money and a lot of care on their music videos. So to me, it was just a natural way of progressing because if we couldn't go out, we had to stay in. And when people stay in, they watch TV, you know. Um, but for me personally. Yes, I had to learn a lot about being a producer. I had to, um, I did everything in uh, Adobe Premiere. Okay. And so I put all the shows together every single week. It was an hour long show. So um, that got uh, pretty stressful at some points for me because I I had to constantly, like you were saying, like you have to constantly churn that, yeah. <laughs> that machine, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, that was one of the reasons why. I paused after season two, like I'm still in the producer program and I'm still considering bringing the show back for a third season, but I just couldn't go straight into the third season because it, it is like a nonstop uh, process, putting a show like that together, you know, and lining up guests and then editing things out, you know? So, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it as far as like what it stood for and what it did for other people, because I, I really think it brought joy and made some people happy. And whenever the show would come on, I'd always post on Facebook, like we're all watching, you know, so it's kind of like we'd all be together online watching the show and commenting. And um, but I think the greatest thing about that was I've actually had multiple people tell me that when they would watch the show that they had a notepad by them and they would look up these bands nice. right away. Yeah. Yes. And, and one, uh, one, uh, fan in particular, uh, she said, Oh wow. You know, I watched your show and I saw a video for the band actors and now I love them and I'm going to go see them, you know? So I'm just like, great. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's all about. You know, Definitely. like you said, help. Uh, we all need to just help each other out and pull each other up because like, Every, you know, our, the success can be all of ours, you know? Yeah. There's, there's no reason to be really competitive or anything like that. You know, it's, it's, there's room for everyone. Beautifully said there is. And it's like that Joe, Joe Strummer's got a quote on that. Um, I forget. I was watching, it's a let's rock again documentary. I don't know if you're into, mm. into the clash, but, um, he's got a bit about like, um, this this stadium could fill up with Creed fans, and then Metallica the next. There's room for all of it, and <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> but it, it is like, and you can spend so much time trying to bash something, but like, um, the idea of bringing in like the kind of just focus on what you were doing, like to be able to share that. One, I think it's it's way more fun to have a group effort and have everyone be moved yes. by something than just like you and no one seeing it because we're all like. Well, my music video was shot with 4K or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah. uh, so to celebrate everyone's accomplishments brings it all together. And that's that's so cool that it that, that was the beauty of the, the streamy thing is like when someone would chime in and share it and tune into it. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I, I, I see you now. Like, you may yeah. have not been able to come to the shows because you were playing shows. I get it. Like, it just became this yeah. beautiful support that maybe it would not have been seen. Um, and that's absolutely true. I mean, there's so many times where you run into that, like, hey, I'm playing down the street. And they're like, oh, I'm playing down the street, too. <laughs> you know, and, and we never get to see each other. You know, that's definitely happened. Um, but yeah, I with the show, the the main thing that I tried to do was mix much larger artists as far as like, um, like we got Martin Gore's uh, a couple of Martin Gore from Depeche Mode. He yeah. did some solo stuff and I. I contacted them and got a couple of his videos so that he could be on the show as well. But I also like to pair artists like him with local artists from Austin or from Texas or from wherever USA, you know, or wherever in the world. Um, but that was really it. It was about the growth. And so that's my, you know, I, I think you had mentioned before about, you know, when you do music, is it like so, so self-serving? Um, to, to me, it's, you know, it may seem that way, but really it's just who I am. I don't know what else to do. This is what I do. <laughs> so I guess if I'm serving myself to fulfill my life, then yes, that's there. But on the other hand, I feel like it's part of, it's also community building for right. me, 
Yeah. Because I work with some larger artists and then I know some artists that are trying to build, you know, and that's really what I want to see is everyone getting their chance to grow because I've certainly wanted those opportunities as well, you know, and I, and there are some opportunities I still want that I'm (laughs) maybe not quite there yet, but I feel like I'll get there. (laughs) For sure. Especially with that, you know, you know what I mean? You got to do the full service yeah. method. You got to go, you got, we got to hit the parking lots. You got to do the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Carry your own gear, set it up, break it down, right. do all the stuff, you know, drive yourself to the next city. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Even like the bands that do make it a lot of times they're still doing that, you know, and they're That's still right. doing all the, the, the grunt work you, you, you foresee yourself not doing, but you still have to do. Yeah. And like, um, yeah. That maybe I didn't I didn't mean to put it like in a way that you're self-serving. It's just like it's a self-expression thing, right? And you kind of celebrate yes. your own your own ability to have that outlet, and other people see that, and they're like, ah, maybe that, that yep. for me is stacking Legos in ways that look like faces from far away, or mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe mm-hmm, that yeah. for me is uh, melting pretzels with cookies and making weird things. <laughs> Whatever it is, like it's got that's the beauty of it is someone can follow their passion. And like, if they can do it, I can do it. And, uh, right. it's even better when you do like when you can do what you're doing and you can share it and like, I, like, um, they kind of dive into it. You had like some, uh, some kind of like, uh, um, it, it not just, it wasn't all new to you diving into this, right? You had like a multimedia, like background in education. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been doing, uh, graphic design forever you know i mean it's pretty much the only kind of job i've ever had <laughs> um like doing I pre- ads and gra- stuff? yeah you know okay. like when i start basically when i started learning computers like what's more fun than doing art on computers you know of True. course it's a natural <laughs> that's my natural progression you know i want to do art you know so it's like um you know when i started learning computers i went right to like oh adobe photoshop what's this cool thing yay you know so um from that i've always been just <clears throat> you know, it, it, I I don't know, I guess whatever, whatever device it is, I'm going to figure out how to make art art on it. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure it, you know, it's just what I'm inclined to do. But, um, so did that like kind of like a, um, expansion of like digital art like that, did that kind of branch into like, did that expand your palette musically too? Cause like, um, sign is a much like, it's like industrial, it's electronic, it has all these elements that are like, uh, it's not, you know, it's not just like the acoustic instruments you started learning on. So like, mm-hmm. uh, was the, the kind of learning like that, or maybe it was music within this, but like um, seeing that digital uh, outlets can be art and like you can uh, express yourself with it, that lead oh, into yeah. music or did was it vice versa? Was uh, the music uh, more... Uh, technologically like um being conveyed before the like digital art yes so um i i learned how to play music and i was um already a a pretty big fan of music before i learned computer stuff okay so it definitely was a driving force like when i when i first got on the computer um I, I originally, I, I immediately wanted to start like, Oh, how do you build websites? Like how cool you, people can build websites and stuff. And all, yeah. and so, uh, funny <laughs> enough, um, one of the first things that I did, one of my first websites ever was a love and rockets fan page. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I was like, I was already into, you know, uh, Depeche mode and all that stuff by then. And I was just like, oh, I want to build a website for Love and Rockets, you know, not that anyone would see it, but it it was my experiment, you know. And so I learned how to do that. And I was like, oh, you can put music on the site, you know, and I'm like, whoa. So I pretty much figured it out um, all on my own. I didn't really take classes to do it. I don't know. It's kind of strange because it's like, I guess I was just born with that kind of brain that I just know how to figure out um graphics and programs and things and I don't I, I feel like once I learned Photoshop it's like I kind of like got the concepts of how these graphics and design programs you are, are used yeah 
that whenever I would meet a new one, I would kind of already know, oh, okay, it's kind of similar. That's interesting because so, that's like a, it's kind of like starting with rhythm in a way. Like you kind of get this mm -hmm. overlying um, form. Yes, that's huh. right. Cool. So it was, it was yeah. kind of like that. And I think that's why um, this is just what I do. And I mean, I, I say what I do only because I, I don't feel like I have to force anything. Um, and then in, as far as like all the graphics programs and things that I've learned, I, I learned them all on my own. Uh, either by just trial and error or if there was, you know, a YouTube video I could look up, you know, hey, how do you do this on Photoshop and look it up? I mean, the, the Internet is everything, you know, right. you can learn. And, and I've learned so many things even now, you know, I'm like now I'm using Ableton um, and I look up stuff how to do that stuff there. You know, it's just I don't, I don't know. I guess my, my brain always wants to continue being creative. And so whether it be electronics or a musical instrument, you know, I always seek to know more. And it's no that, that Well, that's interesting because like uh, with sign, it's kind of like the blend of the two, right? Um, yeah. Musically at least. So like uh, with, so are you using like uh, loops and stuff when you perform live? Like um, I've seen this set up in some clips of stuff, but like, Mm -hmm. Are you like are you making it or are you using like a if you're just diving into Ableton are you diving into Ableton to like learn the loops and stuff or because uh I have a buddy that is super super into Ableton and making beats with Ableton. Oh yeah, I like making beats in Ableton too, and that's a a lot of how uh, my songs will start or demos and things. So I use Ableton for creation. I also use it for live, and when I run it live. Uh, the way I have everything set up is I have all my instruments on different tracks. And so I, I guess I mixed my own live set. Mm. And then also I have um, some soft synths that I have in Ableton that I play. Uh, also, I run my backing video. So all the visuals are in Ableton as well. Um, and then other than that... Um, I have, well, I'm currently using a Roland SPD, uh, drum pad yeah. setup. So that's pretty much what my rig is. It's, uh, a MIDI controller and my, uh, drum pads and then my Ableton rig and my vocal, uh, processor. That's about nice. it. You that's know? rad. It's... Yeah. I try to make it simple, you know, but, yeah. um, but as far as like what music, is it that I create? Um, I pretty much do it all, you know, like I like, I do the loops and then I also play the actual pads oh, <laughs> and play synth. Yeah. So, um, I hope that answers your question. Right. Well, so I, I kind of phrased it in a weird way, but no, totally. <laughs> um, but Ed, so kind of like when you're writing, like when it, with a project with like sign, um, now are you like experimenting with loops are you coming into it with like kind of a lyrical idea and like then hearing the beat that can be surrounded and kind of bring out this uh narrative or mm. sorry you know uh no no that's okay uh uh as far as like the creation of my songs it it varies really um what i do is i you know throughout my days or whatever if i think of some wording or, or um, an idea, I'll write it down. I have several books of just, you know, either words or maybe phrases or thoughts and things. And I just kind of keep all that um, for when I want to reference back some of my writing. But as far as like the musical creation, um, sometimes it's with a beat, just starts with a beat. Um, there are other times where Maybe I'll find a cool synth sound that I really like, and then I'll go off of that. So it, it really varies. Um, and I find that most of the time, the music is written first, and then the lyrical content comes second. Um, very few times I've had the lyrical content first and then had to put music to it. It's usually not how I work, but um, but it's... You know, I, I just kind of go off of whatever vibes I'm feeling and uh, and just kind of go from there. But, yeah, um, 
Okay. You with, know, with I don't have a standard it's... method. Gotcha. I don't think <laughs> it, it, it'd be predictable, right? Like if, no. if it was, it'd be, a, I don't know, like a, the band that's kind of putting out the cookie cutter thing, same thing. Um, yeah. cause with, with sign, I don't, I, I can't imagine lyrics kind of, uh, or a melody like that being the first thing just with how, how the project, like just how it's layered and everything to me, it, it it'd be, it'd be mind blowing right now if you were telling me the opposite, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> what? How did you just wow. hear that melody and focus on that line? Oh, like, oh yeah. But... Well, a, a lot of the times I'll, I'll create some music and, um, what I'll do is if I get inspired by some of the words and a lot of the times I'll flip through those books that I write things in. And if something catches my eye or something seems to fit, then I will do like some scratch vocals on top of my music. And, um, a lot of the times, um, surprisingly it works out, you know, um, I, for, for instance, well, this might be a reference for later, but I have um, the next single that'll come out from the Mantis One uh, EP. That song in particular, I swear I wrote it on autopilot. It was the strangest thing. And even when I sing it live, it's like I'm not even thinking of the words, but they're coming out, if that sounds really odd. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes it, it's in the in just in the pocket of it, and like in fall. Yeah, like, but it, there was something about that song that it it really wrote itself. I mean, I was like, oh wow, those are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, because rarely do I sit there and continuously write and go, whoa, okay, I'm gonna add that word, this word. That one just came came around, and I love it. Which and a, what tune is it? Oh, it's called Attack. Attack. Okay. Yes, and so that one has not been released yet, but so far that's going to be the first single off of Mantis One, which is going to be a three EP set. Okay. So. Because I got the. Because one, I, I. I was going to say. Yeah, I, got, the, I got what Howard sent me. Yes, we, yes, and that one's the latest one. Yeah. So, okay, so this is going to be the next batch. Okay, so. Yes. Yeah, so the this release that you have called De Desire, Denial, and Paramania. Yeah. So that one is a collection of signed songs plus a new song that I put together as kind of like, you know, my catching up with Depeche Mode. It's my catching up with sign, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So and and the reason why I did that was because um it I, I signed with Emergency Hearts, which is a label in Austin, Texas. And, um, basically we, we kind of wanted to come up with something like an intro to sign. Mm. So what I did was I took a cut, um, the songs that I had on my first album and then my second release as well. And then some, uh, random singles I had in between had some remixes, one of which is a uh, meat beat manifesto remix, which is awesome. That is cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's yeah. like the right one. Yeah. Um, but we, we put that all together in this package. And um, one of my reasonings is because I feel like I'm sign is still pretty new in general. And so it's kind of like if someone were to pick this up now, they would get a pretty good look at what sign is right. just from that without having to go back to the first album if they don't want to or whatever it is. Or if they feel intrigued, certainly can check on my earlier work. But it was more of like a bridge to the next um, album, which okay. originally was going to be uh, Mantis was going to originally be a full length album. And so um, once I got with Emergency Hearts, the uh, founder, his name is Scott Crow, he really loved all the new music and said, we can't just throw this all out at once. Come on, let's break it up into three parts. I think that would be kind of cool. And so I was very intrigued by that idea. I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, let's try it like that. So Mantis is actually going to be in three parts. And um, the first section, the first one, will probably come out in January, but we're still working on the dates. And again, that's that's tough because everybody wants to release stuff now. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very it's, saturated. It's weird, right? Because like, it's more like you, it should be one one package deal, but you got to kind of elongate it. So you're always coming out with new stuff. 
and like yeah but i think that's the way to go now yeah you know all right i i yeah i truly feel like because i i don't know it just sometimes you know i bands will come out with albums and then the fans will listen and then sometimes they're kind of like oh that was awesome what what else you got you know and <laughs> the bands worked on that for like a year you know so <laughs> they're, that, they're, that is what i have yes <laughs> yes and so that is uh um you know i feel like sometimes that happens or maybe like things move really quickly in this world now and you know if if you don't catch someone's attention in the first two seconds they're scrolling by you you know (laughs) and this is the world now so uh i think that now i I feel like more more uh, people are releasing eps now yeah i think it's a way to give your music a little more longevity and some life and also um an opportunity to build and grow I agree and with that. Yeah. Me, yeah, me assign. I, I need the opportunity to build and grow. So I think this will be a good move for me. Um, only because then you, you know, you, you get a little more press coverage on it and then people will start to see your name more. So there's a lot of strategy behind um, releasing many things rather than just throwing a big lump sum out there. You know, so um, as musicians, we have to just think of all that as well. And then a lot of the times when you're putting something out, you have to have a lot of lead time for premieres and press. So a lot, you know, I wanted to put this out in November, but it was just like there was no way there was too many things going on, too many albums coming out and um, very saturated. You know, so uh, I opted for next year. And which is okay because that just gives us a little more time to plan and put together a better package, you know. So that's kind of how I look at it. That's awesome. No, like that makes sense to kind of like, and one, I guess that would give you more room to constantly be like preparing new stuff. Like, that's right. If you're putting it out and kind of stretching out, you're kind of always feeding the algorithm. Which you know, that's the platform stuff's going on. That that not everything that's coming out on vinyl, um, right. Which would make you know, which would make sense. You got to fill both sides. This has got to be a thing someone listens to, and someone can walk in and hear someone listen to it. Or <laughs> now it's like yeah. zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. So that makes that's yes. a yeah, yeah. That's a okay. So that's awesome. So you're getting it's going to be broken into three parts. And the first one that's right looking to be in January, um, near the end of the month. Or what do you what do you guys think? Probably most likely will be end of month. But you know, th- things are always tentative you know how it is and especially with like you know the whole um you know pandemic thing and people not going out on the road so albums are being held back and then there's vinyl production issues and all this other crap happening (laughs) around us you know so for for me to be definite about it can't quite be there yet but we're working on it (laughs) we're working on a a solid date yes and yes. the kind of touch upon the collection aspect of the the last release, it fits together really well. Like I, well, thank you. I I couldn't tell. Like you can tell different like kind of song approaches, and like there's a you know okay well this one's got curse on it so that's that's a, that's interesting that one sticks out because of that and then like um but but as far as like a an, a single like record it it fits together really well so that's pretty profound too knowing that it came from different time eras. Time eras. I don't know why I said oh, yes. like that. Oh yes, it's uh, but... uh, well, it's 2016 <laughs> to 2021. So, uh, w- working with Curse on like a sign um, uh, in the project sign. What's the like? Are you kind of what's that process like? Are you showing him a song and is he like, or is he giving you a beat? Or, like, what's a uh... uh the way it usually goes is he he did some uh production on uh let's see he did some production on control and he did some drugs. production on uh, drug yes he sang on drugs um let me see if he added any in- instruments um so the way it usually happens is i will already kind of have the song together and i'll give him what i've done and he just kind of does a pass on it mm. and so um whether it be um adding instrumentation or anything else um with drugs in particular i i asked him to be a part of that song because 
you know, when I went to do the chorus, I thought like, eh, needs some, some more beef, needs more grit (laughs) or something, you know? And so he has a really great voice. Um, if you're familiar with Curse's work with Big Bass and with, um, his own solo stuff, he has a really great voice and great presence. So I had him come in and sing the chorus with me. Um, and then as far as like musical production, like I said, I just give him what I have and I, I give him free reign because I trust him. He's a professional and he's done lots of great music. So, um, yeah, I just pretty much trust his instincts. And then when he's done with it, then he'll send it back to me and, um, I'll listen to the things that he did and then we'll, you know, either keep or mix in or, you know, but that's pretty much it. You know, I, I, I trust his judgment. He has, um, he has great, uh, musical production qualities. So that's awesome. It's, it's super cool. You can like, just be like, add the thing to it. And then the, you're like, that's, Oh yeah, that's the thing I didn't even know it needed. Like, Oh yes. And he'll very much do that. You know, he, he listens to the stuff that I do and he's like, it just needs a crack right here, you know? And I'm like, all right, let's go <laughs> add that crack in, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, and and I like uh, getting his opinion on things and his feelings because sometimes when you're creating music, I mean, you know, you're you do music yourself, you start getting in your own space, and then right, you know, yeah. sometimes I'll I'll call him in like, hey, I can't I can't get this melody out of my head, and I, I want it to go away. So can you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know how that is, and yeah. you just go, I need yeah. someone else to tell me or give me an impression and then I can go, Oh, that's a different perspective. Okay. So that's another way he helps me is sometimes I just, I need someone else's ears to hear it. Right. Cause you'll get, you'll get so f- like, uh, um, looking at the tree, not the forest or tunnel vision. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you get stuck on a riff and then yeah. you're like, I just can't hear anything but that because I'm just like, my brain keeps thinking that, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love collaborating and, you know, I don't, I don't do this, you know, one woman army kind of thing on purpose. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much like out of necessity, you know, to do, do your own thing. But, uh, but yeah, I'm always open to collaborators and that's why I ended up working with Chris Connolly on the song. Um, and then uh, also just recently I'm looking to do some collaboration with Mark Pistol. Uh, he's known for being uh, consolidated is the project name, but, um, but yeah, Sick. I mean, collaborations are awesome. And I, I, I love doing it because it just, just gives a new perspective on great ideas. Right. And what's cool being kind of like a one person operation, you can do that. And like, uh, yeah, I, I get the necessity to like, I can at least count on me showing up to the gig. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. Um, that's right speaking of <laughs> speaking of which you, you i wanted to ask you about the bauhaus gig that <laughs> you guys oh. were bauhaus at you and curse yes oh yes <laughs> didn't and show that, up to the gig i know that's so wild never in a million years did i ever think that was ever gonna happen but you know i mean so, we're just ugh. so I they mean, didn't show up like what, what happened <laughs> well what happened was uh so sign uh it was I got booked as the sole opener for the show in Orlando. Sick. And what happened? Yeah, it was amazing. I it was something that I actually didn't I, I didn't put in for. So the the promoter found me and said, "Hey, I see you're from Texas. You want to come to Florida and perform with Peter Murphy?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was a no brainer. But um, you know, it was actually a makeup show from one that he had scheduled in like February or something. This was in uh. It, this was in 2019. Okay. So the show, the, the second makeup show was the one I did in, in April. So, um, you know, we went in and didn't really think that he wasn't going to show up, but, uh, you know, he didn't show up for sound check. So we, uh, and I didn't think anything of that yeah. because I was like, you know, sometimes the lead singer doesn't show up for sound check and someone checks their mic and it's fine. Right. But then when he didn't show up for the VIP meet and greet, we were kind of like, Hmm, this is a little, a little iffy, you know? Yeah. And then I, I actually did not find out that he wasn't coming until after I was done with my set. Oh, no. So, yeah. So I did my whole entire set thinking 
who's going to be playing after me. And, right. and you know, I'm, I'm up there like, woo, Peter Murphy. Hey, woo. You know, and all <laughs> Doing this. crowd work, getting everyone hyped yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everyone's like, yay, you know. And then uh, next thing you know, um, a- after I was done, Curse came over and ran over to me and was like, hey, don't break down your stuff. You know, uh, uh, Peter's not coming yeah. and we're going to play with David and the band. So just come with me. And I'm like, what? oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Oh, yes. I was, I mean, for a second there, I was like, you get that, you know, flash of whatever terror, you know how that feels yeah. <laughs> like you get that little twinge in your gut and you're like, <clears throat> um, but you know, we, we pulled it off. We did awesome. You know, I, I played my little drum rig and curse, uh, sang and the band was the band. David J was there on bass, uh, Mark Slutsky on drums and Mark Gemini Thwaite on guitar and we went out and just did it, you know, and people, uh, some people left because they were really angry, but yeah. I would say I'll, uh, the majority of them stayed and it was a really fun show, um, awesome. you know, and it was just unfortunate that Peter was just not feeling up to it, you know, and I would have loved to meet him and stuff, but, you know, hey, maybe one day. <laughs> but just, what a, to, 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 you got the Bebow house, you know what I mean? Like. That's oh, I know. Super sick. So That's like, yeah, because I know, because we, but we did kind of like deconstructed dub versions of the songs, you know, so it wasn't like an exact word for word kind of uh, show. It was more, right. it's, it was a little more loose. You know, there was no way, some, right? Because yeah, it was like, I mean, then how would you like? Yeah. Oh, I can totally pull off all of the discography. <sighs> what do you want to do? Oh no, like, no, we <sighs> certainly didn't do that. But um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the show, everyone was really happy. We had a lot of people come up to us after the show and say thank you for at least staying and, you know, giving them a fun night, you know, because it was like a second disappointment, you know. Um, But overall, it was great. And like David J, his his quote on the situation is uh, we made champagne out of lemons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well said. Yes. And and he is a great friend because of that night, too. He is also a very, very good friend of ours now. That's so cool to be like friends yeah. with your hero. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? Right. I was just like, I was like, I built a love and rockets fan site for you. <laughs> he, he, you know, and he's like, you are nuts. Fan girl. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he's sweet. He's funny, but he, he sometimes giggles because I have, you know, for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're David J and you're standing right here, you know? Right. It's still like that for me. I'm like, man, you know, I used I used to love Love and Rock. I mean, I still do love Love and Rockets, but to actually play with one of them and then be a friend to one is like, whoa, pretty intense. How cool! That's so amazing. Well, you know, it tells me it it tells me I'm in the right place. So I guess from being the weird kid. You know, all those years, I can tell my mom, hey, look, I, I'm doing good now. <laughs> <laughs> all those times you called me weird. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. This is it. I know. I'm like, this is it. No, no she's awesome, though. She's she's yeah. really funny. But were my they... mom's Asian, you know, so. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so were, were they yeah. not supportive or they were like, not not supportive, but like, well, were they like, get the real job too? And, like have plan B? No. Or... You know, okay, so um, the reason why I brought up that my mom is Asian is because, like, they just, I don't know, they just uh, don't, you know, she doesn't really have, um, she's not really in, I don't know, it's just, how could I say this? She's very Americanized. She does like music and enjoys rock and roll and stuff like that. But, you know, traditionally, I guess, in their culture, it's like, you know, your kids usually don't run off and become musicians. Right. <laughs> it's not a usual thing, you know. So for her, it was kind of like, oh, that's what you want to do? Like, okay, that's weird, but whatever, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, and of course, my dad is always very supportive. And he, he bought me my first Yamaha, like, keyboard and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it's more of a thing, like, um, for her, culturally, it's like, you want to do that, you know, mm, <laughs> kind yeah. of like, don't you want to like do other stuff, like be a doctor or maybe do something else, you know, it's kind of that, but, um, she's very supportive and she's so sweet, but she's just not, uh, not real hip to this kind of music. And she told me, I don't, 
I don't know how to like your kind of music. You know, I feel Aww. like there's no no <laughs> melody. <laughs> and to me, because it's electronic, you know, she's yeah. used to like regular rock and roll, you know, so she's like, what's this electronic stuff, you know, but it's it's really funny. But she's uh, she's awesome. And my family is behind me 100 percent. So that's beautiful. Weird kid and all. <laughs> that's beautiful. Because like it's. <laughs> I, I I don't know when you when because there's the classic like well I've had to fight and blah 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 I don't talk to them so no I, way yeah yeah it's beautiful the, that I don't get it but that's cool you do what you do yeah. like in because I feel like a lot of times as you grow older you you realize that with your parents you're like oh you're in the birds cool <laughs> like whatever yeah. I don't get it but well, yeah. <laughs> Well, she's just, she's just kind of funny and she's, and you know, she's a, she's a sweet, like modest woman. And, um, you know, obviously being an entertainment for me, um, you know, you, you dress a little sexier or whatever it's stage wear and things like that. And, um, she would just look at pictures and go, Oh, why do you have to be so sexy? <laughs> <laughs> like weird stuff like that. And I'm like, mom, you're, those pictures aren't for you. <laughs> Thanks, mom. I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, stop following me on Facebook. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. She, she's just, she's silly and she's a super great lady. So, but anyway, she just kind of jokes like, oh, put some more clothes on. Aren't you cold? You know? <laughs> That's such a mom bit too. Yeah, I know. Silliness. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um and it's interesting too because um electronic and techno music like just anything the melody is so much is there. It's just like accompanied in a completely different way. And it's interesting like <laughs> yeah. how like when it's not as upfront, you know, like it's confusing. Like you see that with classical music too. Not a lot of people are into it as much because it's there's layers on like, well, where's the song? Maybe maybe I'm projecting that, but also like with jazz, maybe that's a better example. Like, what's going on? The melody was right. that, but now it's somewhere, and like, yes. <laughs> so uh, the melody and the placement of that—that's that's super interesting. And culturally, like um, coming from a different uh, culture and like having a different like uh, like background with what melodies like there too has to be like kind of into that discussion as well. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Dave, I think I'm going to have to take off in a bit. But uh, it was really nice talking to you, though. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, too, because, you know, most of the time when we get interviews called on, it usually is the, so when did you start music? Who do you, are you influenced by? You know, blah, 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 which is fine. I don't, I don't mind those questions, but it's just nice um, to uh, expand on those so I appreciate the, that well, very much. Thank you. I appreciate it.